If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. For mind the, the Pumper. For the first 20 minutes, Justin, Adam, and I we had were, to correct that, by the way. Oh, God. Every other time. Don't I, get me started I with that me, shit. me, Adam, and Justin. And I. Improper English. Mm. Justin, Adam, and myself. Uh, have some fun conversation in the intro. We talk about our LA interview marathon. Nobody can podcast harder than Mind Pump. We podcast hard. Then we talk about my son's robotic competition. Uh, I actually was building some relationships with some of the kids, trying to hedge my bets because I know we're going to have some future. <laughs> some future. Yeah. In case my son who's can't be the next Steve Jobs. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, trying to, yeah. I'm trying to figure that out there. Recruit that kid. We talk about my new deodorant. Uh, it's Royal and Rogue. Scented pit paste uh, that I found on Thrive Market. Thrive Market you smell like an off-putting uh, king. It has some of the best prices you'll find on organic, uh, non-GMO products, both foods and cosmetic products. Uh, you'll actually get a massive discount, by the way. All you got to do is go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump. You'll get one month for free of the membership. You'll get twenty dollars off your first three orders of forty-nine dollars or more, and you'll get uh, free shipping. We also mentioned Organifi, which is our other sponsor. Uh, actually, Justin was eating all the cookies. Finally brought them. Hell yeah. Uh, I get lot, hungry. Yeah, lots of good macros there, huh, Justin? Yeah. You're in the bulk again? <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> uh, Organifi Steady bulking. OrganifiShop.com. Enter the code MINDPUMP, and you'll get, I think, 20% off. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, what do we recommend that people compete if they've already had hormonal issues. So let's say somebody's had thyroid issues or has had issues with irregular menses, if they're a woman, um, do should they compete in competitions like bikini or figure or bodybuilding? Find out in this episode. The next question was, how do we think the holidays affect our mental and physical health? And what do we recommend for people so that they can stay in a routine during the holidays? Find, find out why I don't give a shit. Find out why Adam wants people to buy him toilet paper. <laughs> bah humbug. Not joking. The next question was, have our recent CrossFit guests changed our minds? Or is Justin still bitter? About CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> He's so bitter. CrossFit. And finally, we share some of our most embarrassing sex stories. Uh, this is where it gets weird. There are there's some horrible ones in there. Also, by the way, <laughs> stay tuned to the end of this episode. We're introducing a new segment uh, once a week. At the end of the episode you are going to get a knowledge bomb. It's like a three or five minute knowledge bomb. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned until the very end. Also, uh, we have, obviously, fitness programs that we design and that we sell. They're the best fitness programs on the market. Uh, we know this because we've done studies on them mm. ourselves. Uh, they're called MAPS programs. One MAPS program in particular is probably uh, the one that we recommend the most for the holidays. It's actually a bundle. It's called the Sexy Athlete Bundle. It combines MAPS performance, which is very functional in nature, with MAPS aesthetic, which is more designed for your aesthetic-based aesthetic individuals. We've taken both programs, combined them with expert programming. It's uh, If you combine the two and you program it out, you're looking at about, I don't know, five months of exercise programs. So it'll take you right through the holidays, all the way up until your New Year's resolution, making you look awesome in 2018. Find out more about the Sexy Athlete Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. Hashtag salad tosser. Salad, salad tosser. 
<laughs> that didn't work out. All right, it is t-shirt time. Uh, Give away some shirts. Holy shit. How many reviews, Doug? Fuck. 20 reviews. Let's oh, rip this out. Shit. We're giving away six shirts. Six shirts. <clears throat> so first up is M Madden 35, Sluggermeister. Great. Hey, Sluggermeister. Zen Doggy, Nancy D, Sufall Kids. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. You guys did it. Dude. Dude. I am extremely proud of us. Were you guys exhausted oh, or what? No. Yeah. You nope. weren't. Nope. I, well, I, you got up at 8 o'clock or earlier on I Sunday. Got up at 8 o'clock. Yeah. No, dude. I had to get up at. So, <coughs> just so we have a little context for the audience, we went to LA and did 10 podcasts. In three days with a bunch of different guests, uh, we I think we invented the hashtag podcast hard. Yeah, I don't know if it's. I, don't uh, know if, I will own no, that. It didn't exist. We yeah. podcasted to failure. I definitely basically. invented it. Yeah, yeah. we did. We did. We did phase one to failure podcasting. We, we had that moment when we were talking to JJ, who was the very last uh, podcaster that we were with, and and we were talking about. We were just all talking about the importance of balance and health and this and that. And all I'm thinking to myself is like, dude, I'm so fried I right am now. Over, <laughs> overworked. Yeah, so fried. Dude, right what now. a great lineup. We we had. Let's start from the beginning. We met with Louis House. Mm-hmm. Great dude, Louis. Great dude. You know, yeah, sometimes awesome. you sometimes you meet people who are successful. And it's a letdown because they're idiots. This was not the case with Lewis House. He's a hugger. He's, yeah. First of all, he's a hugger. Yeah, That's he's true. A, he's dude, a you rub my shoulder. It he's like great. A, he's a long hugger. Yeah. Like you can't if you. He I, did embrace. It's not a hug. It's an embrace. Yeah, yeah. He's like genuinely friendly. With a, did you get? You know a, I mean? Did you guys get a chest circle? I got a chest. I, circle. No, I got a shoulder circle. I got a crotch grab. Uh, so. I don't know. If I <laughs> I get That's out different. Of here. That's but, different. But uh, super smart guy. Very j- just genuine. Nice dude. Great podcast, which already dropped. So I'm sure people have already listened to that. Then where do we go straight from there? We went from there to was it Bradley Martin? Yeah, Bradley was next. Yeah, we met with Bradley Martin. Who, if you're not familiar with who he is, I don't even want to. That one. No, was, no, no. We're not gonna. This is gonna be so no, epic. I don't no, even want to share much about this Dude, one. You're, no giveaways. When that episode drops and people listen to it, they're gonna be like, "What? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Let's just say we're coming in hot. Let's just say uh, a few minds were blown and uh, things were shattered in terms of perceptions and whatnot. So. Wait for that one, and then who was the th- who was the third person that day? Robert Oberst. Yeah. Robert Oberst. He's uh, which was what a cool world's dude. strongest dude, man he's competitor. Hilarious. Yeah, it was fun talking to him. He's uh, just a <clears throat> just a huge human being. He was one of my favorite too because yeah. I I probably did the least amount of homework on him coming into this, mm. and so and he's a natural. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's I mean, after we mic, hung huh? up the mics, we all talked to him about doing his own show. I'm like, man, you've just you've got great, great charisma. He's funny. Great he's stories. Great stories. Yeah. And he's, I, I just, and he's a fucking badass. I just forget yeah. that humans come in that size. I always forget every time I see someone he like that. With John Dude, Jones. he picked up Adam like Adam was a child. Oh, yeah, God, that was so. He funny. literally puts you in his arms oh, like a baby. Yeah. We're taking a photo before we leave, and Doug and Doug says, "Hey, let's do something fun." And right away, he just like scoops up underneath my butt, and just poop. Picks me up, little kid. Like a little kid. Adam's eye. He looked up. Did you see what Adam did? He looked up at him and he's yeah. like with the yeah. big Instantly, eyes. my yeah. thumb just went in my mouth. Like stars. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, then uh, the next day, we start off the next day with uh, Brendan Schaub. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Fun. Been Ooh. wanting to do that one forever. Brendan Schaub is, so he's, he's one of the hosts of uh, Fighter and the Kid podcast. One of our favorite podcasts we've been talking about since big we started. Brown, my brown. Oh, yeah. 
They're, uh, they're hilarious. Very smart guy, very funny guy, great storyteller. Um, so we had a good good time there. And then who came after him? <clears throat> it was Brendan Shaw. Then Drama. Oh, Drum. yeah. Chris, Chris Faff. How do you say his last name? Faff? Faff? Yeah. How do you Actually, no, it was Rich Roll before Chris. Oh, it was Rich Roll. So that's right. Brendan, Rich Roll. And then it was Chris Faff. How about Rich's house, man? Dude. He has his own little compound. It's an awesome place. It's a trip. I, you know what? It's like, uh, it, it, what tripped me out, I was trying to explain to Katrina, I'm all, typically I would like it, but it's it, it's like uh, super- um, It's my kind. It's like modern yeah, it's, kind it's of- It's modern meets hippie. Chic. Yeah. It's modern meets hippie. That's what's yeah. kind of weird about it. I hate it. that like, word chic. What are you you could see me living in a place like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah I could see that yeah. for for sure. Yeah, so I, I mean, like a lap pool he had or he had converted. This is kind of cool. Um, uh, he converted these. Uh, what, what are, are those they, called? I know I can't. No, they're not portables. No, 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 no. shipping containers. Yeah, shipping, shipping containers. containers. Yeah. There you go. He had converted two shipping containers. One of them is his kid's bedroom, yeah. right? So yeah. one of his kid's bedroom is a shipping container, like a and then a shoebox. Then he has an office that's a shipping container. So, and then he's got this like multi-million-dollar home on the top of the Hollywood Hills that's yeah. just overlooking the area. It's, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Gorgeous, gorgeous. He was really cool. He was cool, yeah. and then of course, drama was awesome. A, another person that completely he surprised us. I think. So, well, he surprised me because I didn't know enough. I didn't know a lot about him. Now I knew him from Robin Big, mm -hmm. and he's uh, extremely intelligent dude. Very very smart guy. Very mm -hmm. smart in business. Uh, again, another very charismatic person. He has his own podcast, and that was the second day. Then the third day, we got interviewed by. Liz from uh, the podcast at Univision. Right. Uh, always. We love always her. We love time. you, Liz. Yeah. Great, great. And then we had Christina from Actually Adultish podcast. She is such a little Dude. badass. Little Spitfire. Dude, she... Here's the thing about... You know, first guess... First, or actually, first person ever to interview Mind Pump and like be able to wrangle us and and talk over us, we're, dude. We're impossible like, to do that. With. Talk shit to us. Yeah, yeah. It, it was we're, great. We're, we're, that's the tough thing about interviewing us is as soon as we go, you, you got to get you got to just give up the, the the podcast. Like here you go. Yeah, like there and it is. No, she wrangled us a bunch of times. She's 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 a little hustler. She's awesome. Yeah. And what, then we 20, had JJ. 22 years old. Mm -hmm. I really I really really enjoy talking to her just because we talk a lot. And I know sometimes if there's anything that. Uh, you know, that mm -hmm. I think we have a bad habit of is speaking to ourselves, meaning like, you know, the, what we would want to hear, you know, the, oh, thir sure. the 35 to 38 year old uh, versions yeah. of us. What, bodybuilder directed. For well, yeah, part. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just stuff that, that we're currently dealing in with interest. Yeah. Or what we see in the industry because of what we're looking at, where, you know, coming from a 22 year old's perspective who pretty much was was born and raised with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff like that. And to hear uh, what it's like and food blogging. And so to hear her perspective in a, in the same industry was very unique. And how cool is that? She talks about she interviewed a, a seven year old girl she had on shows. Oh, that's really. Yeah. Oh, that, I'm going to look for that. Interview. That was very interesting, interesting for her to do that. And uh, I thought that was pretty neat that she shared that. I thought that was really cool. Super smart girl. Mm -hmm. If you guys had to pick, and I know this is not fair. Don't be hard. an asshole. No. Don't if be you an had asshole. to pick two, mm. if you had to pick your, your two personal favorites, who and why? Favorites? Yeah. Not the favorite people, favorite inner. Like, what? Like, well, I, I, I know the audience <laughs> is going to be most blown away by Bradley Martins. I can pretty much guarantee that. By his interview, and I don't want to go too much into it. I don't want to ruin it, but mm. 
it was uh, it was shockingly different than what I anticipated. So I know the audience. If when they're listening, they're not. Gonna yeah, but I don't want to hear what you think that what's going to do yeah, go the most viral. The what, you, what was your but, personal two favorite? And why? I like Brandon Shaw was was definitely one of my favorites, just because I've followed them for a long time. I've heard you know multiple shows of them, and just to to have that sort of uh, rapport and, and and the podcast itself was great. He told great stories. I thought we we were really on fire on that episode. I think that's going to be a great one. And on top of that, like you guys mentioned, the uh, uh, what's her podcast again? The Addicted to Love. Addicted to Love. Yeah. I, honestly, no, 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 her I, podcast is actually adultish. Yeah. Actually, dude, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I just felt like we were ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I haven't felt like that as we were being interviewed by anybody before. So I got to give her some love for that. For yeah, sure. I'm not going to. I think I'll say that. I'll, I'll say her too. And then the other one's a tough one. I, I'm still going to say Bradley Martin because it shocked me. Um, you know, he opened up quite a bit. Uh, his crew is really cool. Great gym. We had a lot of fun. Could have gone forever on that podcast. We had another person scheduled, so we had to leave. But I think we recorded like a two-hour podcast with him. That could have easily been a three or four. Oh, hours. especially once the once the weeds start going around. Oh, once that go. once that start going around, <laughs> it was uh, no no slowing us down for sure. I I would I, I'm gonna for sure Bradley Martin um, just because I've I've followed him since the very beginning, uh, and you guys will dig it too uh, about something that him and I kind of got into uh, midway through the, the podcast. <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. Oh yeah, that uh, was classic, right? So that one for sure is one of my favorites, um, and I just think he's I think he's a cool dude, and I think that there's a lot more to him, and I just see kind of where he's at right now. I thought that was a neat, and I loved that, you know. And this always happens to us, you know. If if you don't know or you don't listen to Mind Pump, so I when we go to interview some of these people, it's you know a lot of these guys, especially at this level, are so fucking busy. They're not they're not listening to every Mind Pump episode. They don't know everything that we're sharing. We're talking about. They don't know a lot about us. They, most people do a little bit of homework, and then it's like, okay, here we know, go. Here we go. Right. And you can always feel the energy in the room when someone doesn't really know us, and they're you can just tell they're what they're they're assuming, you know, whatever they're assuming, whether they think you're a bunch of bros or yeah. you know we're assholes or we're cock, whatever. I don't even know, I don't even know what's going through their head. I just know it's not a comfortable feeling for everybody, and mm-hmm. it's the funniest thing ever because there's this moment of awkwardness before we start. Mm-hmm. You know, not really making eye contact, not really talking very much, just like, okay, we're going to yeah, do this. Where's this going? And then yeah. the mics come on, and then you can watch the energy shift and change. Bradley, to me, was uh, one of the biggest that we I saw that mm-hmm. shift with. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, and that's why I'm picking this as my second one, was drama. Drama, yeah. Because drama, I felt, and, and, and uh, uh, Brianna even told me that when she booked it that he was really hesitant to do the show with us hmm. because he's like, I don't really know anything about fitness. Oh, he and so he was so concerned that we were going to take him in a fitness direction and talk nothing but working out and macros and that, mm-hmm. that he oh was like trying. And she kept saying that, no, 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 you just wait till you meet the boys. Just wait till you meet the boys. You know, that you'll, you're going to like him. You're gonna like him. And so when we got to his office, <clears throat> he was still on a conference call. But really what it felt like was just like, oh, I just don't want to do mm-hmm. this interview. And we're just kind of sitting there, Doug's setting up, and we're like waiting for yeah. him to come into the, the podcast room. I was like, ah, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. yeah and I talked to these meatheads. And then yeah. I felt like that when he first came in. And then about, I don't know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes in the interview, you could tell the energy completely shift. Yeah. And then, you know, he, a couple, him, Bradley, you know, it's always awesome. We were on a crazy tight to so schedule. Many people. Yeah. We were on a tight schedule. Gotta love the 180. When, yeah, when you see them flip like that and to the point where they're like, looking at you like oh we can keep going and like following us out to leave and we're like oh we gotta go to the next interview we're so sorry like we gotta do this again yeah, it was awesome yeah so. it was super awesome so we did all that we get home we we arrive like at what nine 
you know, go to bed late because I'm still buzzing. Next morning, I wake up 6 a.m. because it's my son's robotics tournament. So they have this big robotics tournament that they do every year. Got yeah. fifth, fifth place, unfortunately. So they didn't qualify for regionals this time. Yeah, but those they are did, some sophisticated robots. Dude, dude so here, me pictures. So here's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm really... I'm watching all these kids who are designing these robots to perform these tasks. I mean, here's what it, here's what it is. Keep in mind, this is from fifth. This is from kids who are in fifth and sixth grade all the way up to fourteen year old kids, different varying degrees of of skill and difficulty or whatever. These kids are given tasks. There's like I don't know how many to add twenty tasks, and you you can try doing all of them, or you could try only doing some of them. And the tasks range from you know, pick this block up over here and put it over there to put these two pieces together to hit the switch or whatever. And it has to be all autonomous. You have to, and they don't give you any other instructions other than that. Mm. So you have to build a robot from scratch. You have to design what it's going to look like, how it's going to move. Then you have to program it. And you got to look at these programs, these kids, right? It looks like, I don't know how the fuck they know what they're doing. I'm looking at these programs like, this is crazy. You push a button and the robot does what it does. And you can look at the different robots from the different teams None of them look the same mm-hmm. at all. They all look different. They all have different attachments, different arms. So crazy. And then there was the high school robotics team, which obviously isn't competing in this one because they're too old, but the high school robotics team then had displays of what their robots look like. And one of the robots that was built by this high school uh, was a, a t-shirt cannon. So they built a t-shirt yeah. cannon that now they bring to the football games and it's kind of like a mascot and they drive it around the field and they blast. That's badass. And it's like, it's got the fucking, you know, it's got the the, the compressed, you know, oxygen yeah. or whatever or whatever that is, CO2, and it rides around and it aims and freaking blasting people. Dude, these kids are crazy. Yeah. I, lo- I love the whole environment. Everything. But anyway, I was there from 8 a.m. to uh, 7 or 8 p.m. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, dude. It was Ugh. it was pretty, but it was exciting. It's that, that long, huh? Is it's it like, like multiple rounds? How does it work? So there's there were forty. Like how do, like how do they compete? How do you get fifth place? Like what what are the what are the what's the criteria? So there were forty teams that competed. Oh wow! Uh, oh, so fifth out of forty is not a big deal. Well, you no, said fifth, like it was like oh man. Well, because he didn't qualify for regionals, but there was forty teams. Um, you you get points for all these different um, all these different tasks, and you get some points if you do some of a little bit of them. You get full points if you do all of them. Then there's bonus points, and then you get penalties. If you have to touch your robot while it's still in play, so let's say it trips over something, turns over, uh, or it's to like readjust or it. your program didn't fucking work right, and you got to grab it and place it back to the starting point, mm-hmm. you get a five point deduction. Um, you get you get you know you can get deductions for a few different things. Um, so at the end of it, you get your total score, and then based on that score, it determines where you rank in this particular competition. But then you also get judged on robot design. Then they also have to do presentations where there's a theme. For the competition, for this competition, the theme was water, like water conservation. So the kids also have to come up with their own designs and ingenious ways of, you know, how to how to save water. So like my son's team came up with a way of using gray water. Gray water is the water that comes from your shower and when you wash your hands and stuff. And they came up with a way for it to be circled around so that you could use it in your toilets so that you don't have to use the same, you know, you're not wasting a bunch of extra water. Mm. And so kids come up with different ways of you know, conserving water, and they have to present that. Then they have to present like core, what's called core values, and all these different things. And so amazing! Again, dude, that, that age, I'll tell you, dude. What, I'm so proud right now, my kid. First of all, I'm proud because leading up to this, their practices are going till seven or eight o'clock at night. So not only did you go to school Thursday, Friday, and they they practice uh, two or three days a week 
until 5 p.m. anyway. But leading up to the tournament, they're doing like a lot of work. So my kid is in school and then he finishes school and then he's working on robot robotic stuff until 8 p.m. 8 p.m. And then he has to go home and do his homework. So he did this like two or three nights in a row. Then he did the whole tournament. Poor kid was so tired this morning. He looked like a zombie. You know, I was like basically feeding him his breakfast because he's so tired. <laughs> but he had another uh, leadership moment that I was so proud of. Hmm. They do a practice round in the beginning where the first round doesn't count and every team gets to do this practice round. And one of the obstacles was reversed. One of the Lego obstacles was backwards uh, when, when in comparison to how they've been practicing at, at, at school. So obviously the robot couldn't perform the task and they did horribly. And so the kids are kind of crapped out and they're going back and my son's like, that I don't remember which one it was, the water obstacle, whatever. He goes, that was backwards. He goes, it was backwards. It wasn't right. So he goes back, starts talking with his team, and I'm and I'm just observing. I'm like, at first I'm like, what? I'm like, you say, but I didn't say anything. I said, I'm not gonna say anything. See what happens. So he talks with his team, and then him and one of the other kids goes up to the judges, which is intimidating. These are all like big judges, go whatever. Walk over, and they come up with their laptop, and I can see my son and this kid talking to the judge, and I can see the judge kind of arguing with them. And they're going back and forth, and then the judge goes and looks at the table and this and that. Remember, these are the, all the, these are the four tables that are set up, roped off, like you can't go near them or whatever. Mm-hmm. He goes over, looks at him, and he's like, and he shakes his head, and then he goes over and he flips the thing over. And I go talk to my son, I'm like, what happened? He goes, yeah, they messed up, they had it on backwards. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, you went over there and got them straightened them out, you know what I mean? <laughs> and got it all fixed, but you had the, you know, how many kids are on a team? <clears throat> Depends on on <clears throat> the team. Some have as little as three or four. Some as many as like seven or eight, depending on the school. Mm. There were all girls teams. Um, a lot of the teams were co-ed. My son's team is just boys uh, because they have a girls team um, uh, at the same school. So just super awesome, dude. Really, really cool stuff. And it's cool to see these kids because you know that you learn so many skills from life skills from any sport or competition, right, uh, that you're in. I mean, anybody who's played sports, you guys talk about this all the time, the, the life skills that you learn. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the robotics that I really like is I'm looking at this and I'm like, holy shit, these are like work skills too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's applicable. Yeah, it's like super applicable. In fact, Google and uh, Tesla and Apple. They're already there scouting. No, not only that, they have their own, uh, like some of these top level tournaments for robotics happen at Google. Of or course. Ha- you know those motherfuckers are scouting these of kids. Of course. Yeah. How funny is that, dude? Like that that's early, great, dude. Of course Already scouting. That's that's great. Damn. Man. That Isn't is that crazy. Great. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh you guys are gonna ask me why I smell so good? I kept rubbing my armpits in your face. <laughs> yeah, what is you guys, it? You guys are getting pissed I, off. You know or what? Less, I, less hippie. I know. Guys. I wanted to get. A, I, I give it. you a lot of crap all the time about not smelling really good, and you actually do smell really good. What you? What are you working <laughs> you on? You guys over are there? trying to figure out why I can't. I was. Rubbing I, my face. I thought. It, I actually thought it was Doug at first, and then I realized, oh, that's Sal who's it's got me, the good. Bro. What, what you got? <laughs> the scent is it's the aroma. The scent is royal and rogue. That's the name of the scent. What? <laughs> That's the name of the so. Royal I use this, what is it? I use this, is it lotion or is it? No, 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 no. So I use I use a natural deodorant uh, called Pit Paste, which normally sucks. I'm telling no, you. No, it doesn't. Stop. <laughs> There's only one time, bro, where you smelled me. Now you're gonna fucking talk about this forever. Um, you smell great though, now, dude. Yeah, right. So anyway, it's Pit Paste is the name of it. It's all organic. It's uh, made with shea butter. Oh, that's what you're soda. wearing right now. Yeah, baking oh, that's what you, soda. What were you wearing before? Oil. There was something you were wearing before. There was one day. It was the time. It was when we were doing the presentation. <laughs> Orange Theory. Orange Theory, where yeah. I didn't wear any deodorant and I was nervous. Uh oh. Uh. 
And then I had to run across the street and I did something really bad. I actually put deodorant on and then didn't buy the deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> you did not. I, didn't, I, I was did. there. I witnessed that. <laughs> I did, bro. I went Straight to the store up, and put it on. Sh- 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 and, and then, then I don't know why that. I did that. I got a thrill out of it. Somebody had a bad day. Yeah. You know? But anyway, like, so, I need some deodorant. So Pit oh. Paste, Pit Paste, I bought uh, off on our sponsor, uh, Thrive Market, ah. for $7, normally 10 or $11. So there you go. If you What's, want natural now, deodorant, okay, I recommend it's it. all natural. It's completely mm. natural. There's no aluminum in it, which is not good. Mm. Aluminum in your deodorant, not a good thing. Definitely don't buy any uh, uh, antiperspirants. Um, and then most of them, you know, what you put on your body is what what goes in your body. It's right. really not that different from when you eat something. I mean, Which it is different, but it's not. adds up. I mean, that's one of those things you start thinking about, and I've started to do that too, and like shampoos and, and soaps and deodorants, all these things. It's like all these chemicals you're just bombarding yourself with constantly. It's the chronic, you know, constant bombarding of it that's the, what, that, it, the issue. What happens when I talk about this with people, then I get the whole like, oh, everything's bad yeah. for me. Blah. I know. You know, the rea- sky is falling. The reality is- the stuff you put in your mouth, as shitty as it can be, is far more regulated than the stuff you put on your body. Way more. Mm. Way more regulated than the stuff you could put on your body or spray well, in your hair. Which makes sense because it's more dangerous, right? I mean, obviously, if you're swallowing something, you're, you're, it's a little more dangerous than probably putting it on your skin. Well, dude, like feminine feminine hygiene <clears throat> products, that we've talked about this before, like tampons and stuff, they are you know made out of cotton. The cotton that's in a, tamp- in an, in a tampon is regulated very different. It's re- regulated as a textile, I believe. Uh, but it's literally inside your body, and it's like full of chlorine, full of pesticides and other things. And women are putting it in their, you know, their right. vag or whatever, and it's right. absorbing. <laughs> or, or whatever. I don't know. Or what, wherever, I was, I was whatever else you're scooter, <laughs> but I was like trying to keep it classy. We can you say know? vagina. Yeah. We're still 13. <laughs> I can't say I can't say vagina. I don't know why. I gotta say a stupid word. It's so clinical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, ew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I want to make it sound pretty. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Bring on the bird, Douglas. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from Naudi Gagnon, 14. Would you recommend competing for a person who has had hormonal issues in the past, such as thyroid issues and amenorrhea, etc.? Oh, definitely not. It, totally not. Yeah. Totally especially not. Especially not. I mean, it's one of the worst things you could do yeah. for your hormones if you're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, you, you would have this has, okay, so our, even like when we talked to Robert Otis the other day, right, when we, he were, he was sharing like, you know, the way he was eating and training is like, you know, if you have this, like, you know, you're fucking your body up and you just don't care it, then you want to sacrifice it for the sport because you love the sport so much, then who am I to judge you? Right. So that's, that's kind of how I, I, I answer somebody who asked me a question like this. Like, I mean, if you grew up your whole life, like aspiring to be a a bodybuilder or want to get into competing, because it's like, you're all into that. I could, I could totally understand that. And you just, just know that that is not the ideal thing that you should be doing hormonally to your body. And if you already have uh, past issues, uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. this is probably going to exaggerate them. But who am I to tell you you can't do that? So just, they're just asking recommend, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I mean? and, yeah, but it's a no brainer. Like, no, if you came up, if you were calling me up and thinking about hiring me, I'd be like, yeah, you're not you shouldn't do this. Yeah, probably not a good fit for you. No, I mean, and it just seems like common sense, but you know it. 
I, th- I think people still think it's that's like a healthy representation no. still. And so then, you know, well, you know, I've had issues, but, you know, maybe I should still go through this that will get process. Me fit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll get me fit. Yeah. No. So I also want to say the statement here, men and women are very different in this mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm. They're very different. The male body is far, far more resilient yes. to calorie restriction and extreme uh, exercise than the female body is in the sense that the female body when you're when you're looking at things like you know quote unquote metabolic damage hormonal dysfunction all that stuff it really affects women um i know in a more, much much more i know way. more women that have uh, been have fucked up their metabolism from competing than i know men it's just here's the thing like Hands, you wanna, like more than double here's what you want to understand <clears throat> let's say you're uh you're a female uh, and you want to get lean and shredded for a bikini or figure competition and you do everything right everything like and what i mean by right is you know, you're you're hiring the right coach. You're doing the right amount of exercise. You're you're eating, you know, the, the right amount of food, but you're still getting your body fat down to single digit body fat percentage. Still, still not good for you. Right. The, it, regardless of how you do it, now of course you can do it a lot worse uh, by doing things the the wrong way and really fucking shit up. But even if you do it right, the female body responds to being extremely lean uh, in a very negative way. Because the female body, you know, evolved to bear uh, a child or to, you know, produce life or whatever, whereas a male body just needs to produce sperm. Two completely different requirements on the body. And if you get too lean, even if you do it right or whatever, I mean, uh, amenorrhea is when you get, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, menstrual uh, irregularities. So. Period stops. Which is or, extremely common in women's bikini. Oh, dude, it's extremely. gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's almost guaranteed. Like most women uh-huh, will yep. tell you that, like when you do it, like, oh yeah, you're gonna lose your period. That's right. Yeah. One of the one of the one of the measures of hormonal health for a woman. One of because there's many of them, but one of the things that you can look at to see if your hormones are imbalanced for your body is your your menses. The you know how heavy your period is, how long it lasts, how severe your PMS symptoms may be, whether you know you're regular or every month it's a different. It looks like sometimes your cycle's 45 days and sometimes it's 15 days or whatever. Those are really good signs that your hormones aren't necessarily balanced uh, for your body, and it's one of the first things to get fucked up when you're diet. You know you're competing for a show, uh, so. Definitely don't recommend this for anybody who's had hormonal issues. And if you're healthy, expect hormonal issues. Expect hormonal issues from competing. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't compete, get changes in your hormones, and then kind of rebuild and fix them because you can. But everybody, anybody, okay, and I'll, I'll dare anybody to do this if you're natural. Test your hormones when you're, you know, normal working out, normal dieting, you know, relatively lean but not shredded, just healthy. And then test your hormones right before your competition, and I guarantee they're going to be very different. Mm-hmm. No matter what, they're very, very different. That would have been a fun thing for me to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that. Yeah. And men, men experience this as well. It's just we tend to bounce back a little better. But even for a man, doing this too often, you get yeah. uh, you'll get issues with testosterone uh, and cortisol um, as well. well I'm working. You're, you're redlining this whole time. I mean, it's a it's an extreme. You got to like keep that in perspective. Well, that be, that being said, okay, so and we we're talking about this person right here with mm-hmm. all these issues. But a healthy normal person, okay, when I when I competed, you know, part of what uh, kind of helped my social media grow was sharing this process, right? My transformation mm-hmm. process. And I would I would uh, share with people too that it doesn't you don't have to make yourself into a martyr to get to that lean either. So mm-hmm. that's what's partially wrong with competing is the culture 
the culture has turned into this thing where you have to like abuse your body to get to that point. And it's, you know, beast mode, no days off. And it's the two days of cardio and the super low calorie, like, no, you can actually and restricting water and, and sodium. And yeah. there's a lot of things that are, that's like misrepresented and there's de- definitely a better way to do this. And I remember it was not until probably the last 10 days did I, did I start talking? And I was remember sharing this on YouTube and saying like, listen, this is at this point, Here's where the the real sport of it comes in. Up until this point, it's just making. But really- that's not yeah. Like like you did that that way, which is great because you've been able to highlight that we can we can sort of uh, uh, limit this down to to more like a ten or day or like a two week sort of like super intensity like leading up to it. Whereas everybody else kind of going weeks. into this, yeah, it's the yeah. whole twelve weeks. Yeah, I look at the same way of training for like a, like a professional, any other professional sport, right? Like if you're hammering, yeah, you want to peak it. Yeah, exactly. You want to peak at at the at game time. Time and that's when you are. So I think that that's there's a lot of people, a lot of coaches given really bad information. So that's the scary part uh, and why I think right away everyone's quick to be like, no, don't do this. But, I, you know, I I mean, I got all the way down to, you know, three percent and three percent is not a healthy place to stay. And I didn't stay there very long. I mean, I was within a week. I was already back up four or five percent body fat real quick. You know, so you can't well, you can't say you can't. Not a lot of people can sustain you know, single digit or low single digit body fat for a long period mm-hmm. of time. And it's I, especially no, I, not women. Yeah, especially not. Yeah, women. Right. Mm-hmm. Not now, let me deal. ask you this, Adam, because you have a lot of experience with this. Let's say and this is going to be a general question. So I know you're going to I know it depends. But let's say you have healthy a person doing everything right, uh, you know, dieting right, exercising right and competing how many shows do you think they should limit themselves to per year? Ooh, that's a really good question. That you know why that's such a good question is because just now, like I think just a couple months ago, the IFBB and MPC or IFBB, excuse me, changed their rule rules and point system for how somebody can get on uh, Olympia stage. So this is actually a, what you just said is a topic I've been wanting to address because. There, everybody thinks, oh, this is more fair. Really, what it's about, it's about the IFBB wanting to get more competitors doing more shows and requiring. Because the way it used to be is this, right? So, if you don't know how this works, if you're a pro like Aria, you win. Uh, so, let's say this is the new season comes up um, right now, right? So, we're heading into the new the new season. Let's say Aria goes out and he wins first place this show. He would automatically be in Olympia for next year mm. just because he took first place right away, right? Mm-hmm. Where now they're saying it doesn't matter if you win a show; it's the total amount of points throughout the year. So basically, is telling all these competitors to that compete they're going to have often. to comp- they're going to have to compete at least probably five shows a year. What the? F- that's not good. No, wow. it's not at all. Which is it's really backwards thinking because and they they it used to be like Mr. Olympia who if, if you know so Jeremy Bundia automatically qualifies for next year, so he doesn't do any shows if he doesn't want to. If you're a winner, you t- you're you're automatically in mm-hmm. the next year. You don't got to do a single show until Olympia next year. You got to defend your title. That's all you got to prove. Mm-hmm. Which I think is how it should be, right? Like, sure. yeah. so these guys that uh, have qualified, like Arya, have to go this this season, and they're going to have to do multiple show after show after Man, show. That is taxing. It, it's very very taxing and on you the see, body. And you see competitors when they do this, their body starts to lose. You know, it looks different. They lose sharpness. All of a sudden, it's not responding the way. Yes. It's just, so what would you say? How many shows do you think are healthy? Uh, and you're right. That's the depends part, right? Because you're going to have a, a genetic anomaly, too, like someone like Aria. Like, Aria literally is doing a show probably every two months, 
and he keeps himself pretty. He can maintain it. Yeah, he maintains really well. He mm. looks healthy. You know, and he, he never lets himself get. He, he's always got abs. The guys. So he doesn't have to like extreme diet. Yes, yeah. he doesn't have the extreme cut. It's just like he tightens some things up. And that when I was so I did four shows in a year. That was the most I did in one year, and uh, and that felt like it felt like a ton, but it did make things a little bit easier to keep myself in good shape and not let myself rebound and go the other way. So there's because you know another one's coming right back right, behind it. Right, exactly. So I would literally like as soon as I get done with the show, I'd probably have a few days, maybe a week where I could let myself kind of eh, eat whatever, lay off the training a little bit, but then I was right into prep again. And so, you know, I think there's there's some of that that I think some of that stress and this is something that comes from like uh Dr. Andy Galpin you know, I think some stress is very good for us. I think it's important. Absolutely. For, I think that, you know, putting ourselves in these stress states, like even what we just did, the, the sprinting on the podcasting thing and as, as as stressed out as that was, and I know unhealthy it would be to run like that all the time, but there's, I think there are sure. some, some health benefits to actually pushing ourselves that way. So it's really more about, you know, if you're going year after year, Lots of shows like that, like, oh, man, you're you're in for it. At the end of the day, you just got to listen to your body. I have a client now that I'm working with that I've been working with now for, I want to say six months maybe, uh, maybe about six months, and she competed 12 times over the per- over a period of a couple years. Like, I just did a lot of competitions. Yeah. And, man, we, have, we are doing some serious repairing. Yeah. Like, serious repairing yeah. to where... I, I can't put her over 1,300 calories yet. I made a business off of it. I literally had no intention to online coaching when I did it. I didn't. No one's ever seen me put it on my Instagram. No one's ever heard me even mention it or talk about it. But I had I had a very successful business, and all I was helping was mostly women's bikini, men's physique, and bodybuilders that as I was going through the circuit that I was meeting that, mm-hmm. I just was getting terrible coaching. And I listened to him like, no, dude, that's not what you do. This mm-hmm. is what you do. And and so I, that after a while, I was like, fuck, I just need to do this thing. And that uh, full time because there's a full time amount of, you know, athletes that are going through this that are getting poor coaching. So that's I can crazy. imagine because I know you're still doing that. That's yeah. crazy. All this restrictive talk just, make me hungry. Just man. it's not. Yeah. How do you like <laughs> it? Why can't you, you, why can't you wait till the end of the podcast? Because, because it's right here in front of me. I brought them. I've been waiting. For, uh, you guys have been talking shit forever about me bringing them. I brought, what do you think, you know what dude? I mean, oh, they're super tasty, right? It's a oh, whole, I'm loving it. What, what's in here? I know there's some walnuts. and I'm Insta-storing it right now. It's literally know. an entire tray full of... Cookies and brownies. These are our Mind Pump Organifi uh, oh, shit. cookies. Yeah, so this is... Oh, this is not regular. No, goofball. These oh, are, I, these I are, thought you were bringing these like holiday are, stuff. These are protein cookies oh, and brownies. Oh, feels bad. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, so those that have been following me on Instagram have seen me uh, post a story uh, when we make these, and everyone's been giving me shit for not bringing them to you guys to try out. So I'm going to try some right try, now. Try out. So what do we have here? We have... So there's peanut... There's peanut a regular... cookie. There's, all, there's an all peanut butter. Then the, So the bigger ones have walnuts in them. Mm-hmm. The smaller ones are just straight peanut butter, and then the the chocolate is cocoa peanut butter, yeah. uh, brownies. And you put protein powder in it. All of them. They're all protein cookies. Really? Sweet. Yeah. Let me. I'll, I'll. I'm not gonna. Okay. I'm gonna be honest, audience. I'm not gonna lie here. Just because we have a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I brought honest you guys. Opinions. I brought you guys the ones that I no, know are the best. Really all right. So, this is really good. It doesn't taste like you have any protein powder in there. It tastes like a legit pro, like no, peanut butter cookie. Like a cookie. Yeah. No, it mixes really well, man. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. That is really good. So this we've done. I don't know. We've probably done five different recipes or so. This is for sure one of my my favorite recipes is is this one. And I've shared it. So if you're and on the, the protein cooks that well, 
Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't take. I, I would have never huh? known. Yeah, oh, I don't. It doesn't even have an right in. Doesn't even have an aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justin ate five already. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can't do this to me. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, the the, the macros are pretty I'm friendly. And I don't know them off the top of my head right now. I know, uh, but there there's not really much in it, man. It doesn't it doesn't take that. The peanut butter is the secret. I tell you what, because we've done it like other flavor cookies. Yeah, and, I'm gonna be honest. This one is yeah, fantastic. Right, it's the best In one. Comparison. I I think too. The, believe it or not, these ones don't. But uh, the Organifi green juice, you would be surprised how well it mixes with some. Oh, soap. the mint really? chocolate you were saying? Yeah. So we make a mint chocolate chip cookie, then we use the green juice. Right, that's what turns it green. The cookie's green. Huh. And it, the, the you know that, that that's such a good Christmas cookie if you think yeah. about it, right? It is. They're green. It well, is. I mean, it does then, have that mint aftertaste, so I can mm. see how that might blend it, well. It does blend well, man. You'd be so it blends really well. Katrina tried it in a, a red velvet uh, protein mix. That we made. It was <laughs> awful. <laughs> awful. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> she lives up. She'll like surprise yeah. me. She won't tell me what she's doing, and then and she'll like try this. I'm like. Uh, what did what did I, you put in that? Why did you that's put an interesting? Combo. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like those flavors yeah. do not complement each other. You yeah, can't. what do you say when you know it like tastes bad? And you oh, bro. Feel, you're like that tastes interesting. The one thing yeah. that the one <laughs> thing about our relationship in that dress. One yeah. th- one of the, one thing about our relationship and and it, there, it's always a little rough sometimes when I when I do it, but like I hundred percent. I am not the guy that gives the white lie. Like if if Katrina, could she do the same thing to you? Oh, absolutely. That's good. We have a very blunt, yeah. straightforward I'm relationship. And if she makes something that is not good, I'll just like, honey, that tastes like shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you did. So she'll straight up, tell, she'll straight up tell you like, yeah, you're you're stupid. Oh you're, no, you look the, shitty I tell you guys hear me say this all the time. But if you understood like how very, I mean, the the radical honesty thing is so important. I think in a relationship, it only took me fucking thirty something years to figure that out. See, Courtney but, will know just by my my portion size. <laughs> like, How oh, much I eat? see you don't like it. You know, I guess it's like a little tiny portion on my plate. Like, no, it's great. Everything's good. But she's the first one too to. I mean, she'll listen to an episode, and I'll be, like, "Hey, did you listen to that episode?" And she's like, "Yeah, you sounded really stupid." I'm like, oh, ouch. I'm like, ah, <laughs> no, no. When you say then she'll, but she'll critique it. You know, when you said this, yeah. that, like, I don't know why. What were you thinking? I was like, oh, and then I tried to defend so myself. She never says that we yeah, said. Well. She never, she never says something about me and Justin. Never. Oh, Only good things. Now you're lying. No, I'm we, not. We love Katrina. Yeah. I'm, she never says anything. She never says anything. Mm. I was. That's why I would try to blame it back on you. Let's well, go. Sal said something to me. That's why I responded. <laughs> that was a stupid response. Then that's just. <laughs> yeah. So right. radical honesty. All right, our next question is from Allison W. 89. How do you think the holidays affect your mental and physical health, and what can we do to stay in a routine during the holidays? So, you know what's, you know what's funny about holidays that I've noticed? Dude, just keep it doing does, what you're doing right now. It do, well, it does. It, it affects people in two general ways. Either people love holidays and it's great time and it makes them feel so happy and they play Christmas music and they're, mm. everything's great. This is my yeah. girlfriend. This is my girlfriend. If you put Christmas music on for her during the holiday season, it doesn't matter what's going on, she's happy. She yeah. loves it. She loves decorating. My wife's she loves the, the same whole... way. Yeah. I don't like the holidays yeah. for some reason. Mm. I and I'm starting to Do you but, know why? You know, I'm trying to think why I don't like the holidays. I'm wondering if part of the reason why I don't like the holidays is because I was raised in the uh, in the fitness industry. And for people who are in the business of fitness, holiday season sucks for business. It's just, yeah. if it's the hardest time to run a gym. Yeah. It's the hardest time to hit your numbers, make money or whatever. <clears throat> if people don't want to work out. Your gym is slow. Clients flake on you. I don't like cold weather. 
I don't like dark, you know, because I like the sun when it's out. So I just, I think I've associated it all with mm. that. And then on top of it, you know, my, uh, when I was married, my ex-wife had a family member that was very close to her pass away like the day before Thanksgiving. So mm. for years after Thanksgiving that was- kind of stays with you. Yeah. So it stayed with us on that. So, but I'm starting to like it again. I'm starting to like the holidays again. But I, now here's the thing with, here's the thing with the holidays I'll say when it comes to your physical and mental health. It's all in how you, you view it. You know, the people who think of the holidays as a negative thing, it's going to be bad. Uh, it's going to be bad for your mental health. Uh, for people who really enjoy it and love it and enjoy the, the, you know, the people around them, it's going to be very good. So it's really, it's really up on you. And, and as yeah, far as- but you, you say that so fucking lightly, like it's easy. Because uh, let me tell you something. For, this has been a huge struggle for me for fucking thirty years of my life. <clears throat> you, and, had, you don't like the holidays. Well, I try to. I've been working at it for a long time. You know, it's <laughs> it's a it's tough when you had a when you had a childhood like I did with the the shit that I went through, which most people that have listened to the show for a long time know what that is. And it, holidays were the worst. So, I mean, our family was fucking chaotic year round, but the holidays were always worse because that's when my family would be the most stressed because you got fucking four kids. We're broke. We can't, you know, it's like trying to figure out how can we afford yeah. the Christmas tree plus you got to get all these kids gifts. And then it's like it was. And then as a kid, I remember getting 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 money and stuff like that from other family members sent. And we had to get, turn that money over to my my parents to, to feed us or to get the Christmas tree or to do something like that. And so, and when you're, when you're fucking eight years old, you don't, you don't process that like a, like a normal adult would. Mm-hmm. Like as an adult now, I'd have probably empathy for my parents and mm-hmm. it's not as a kid, I'm mad. Yeah. As a kid, I'm angry. As a kid, I don't get, I don't, I didn't get anything. So I'm pissed off. And then my parents take my money. I was like, this is fucked up if I was on my own, mm-hmm. at least be able to keep my own money. <laughs> so that's kind of your attitude, right? Yeah. So I carried that for a very long time. And then in my adulthood, I, I would always uh, I didn't pick up on it till later that I would I would struggle around this 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 time of year and especially if I was in a relationship and I'm, I'm just I'm awful at like doing the gift thing and yeah. doing thoughtful things around the holiday. What I am good at doing is year round year round like best boyfriend ever. Right. I'm getting buy stuff for my girl, spoil the shit out of her. If I miss anything, it's a fucking holiday or a birthday. And it's because. I have trained. You just, you just block well, what's harder for you, giving the gifts or receiving? Oh, receiving. Yeah, receiving is. I noticed that. Receiving. I is, like this about you. Yeah. So I don't have to buy shit for you. Yeah. yeah. No. So <laughs> it's for it, you, by the way. No. So it used to get so bad. This is real talk, right? So you guys know, being being trainers for many years, once you once you establish relationships with a lot of these clients, oh, they, yeah, they, they love you like stuff. family, yeah. and they buy you stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I'd have clients that would buy me gifts, and and finally, I'd, I'd get a client would be like, "Hey, you know." I just bought you like a two thousand dollar gift, and you just like no big deal. It's like I'm, so, and then I had to explain my whole story, right? And you know they would try and work on like you know oh you you know try this and try that and giving me books to read and all all this shit, and none of it would help. And what what I, what I'd find would happen would I would end up faking emotion to keep them happy. You know they would give me a gift, and I know fuck all right, Adam, act surprised, act excited, and I would I would be faking this, and you guys know me, I'm fuck, I, I can't do that very well. Like I just, that's not my style. So I finally got to a point where I just tell, I told everybody, everything from my family, everybody, all I want for Christmas, all I want for my birthday is toilet paper, and so this was a big thing that went on for years, where I would go Gotta wipe that ass. I will. This was this was the thing was. <laughs> I can't, if you, I buy the things that I want, I work hard so I could buy the things that I want for myself. So that I don't really want, like if I feel like 
I, I, there's not like these gifts that I have a list of like, God, but I wish there's a story I, behind toilet paper too, though. There, well, yeah, there's story. Of course there's stories. <laughs> it's not just because. Why don't you ask for wet wipes? I mean, that's what you use anyway. Well, so, well, that's part of that too. That, so they come in. So when we were kids, part of being poor too, like I'll never forget this. Fuck, man. I hated this. <laughs> I hated coming home <laughs> from school, right? You know, to take your, your fucking day shit right after the school. The one that you're holding at yes, school. Yes, yes. I'm right, running home from school. Like you, everyone's had this, right? <laughs> if you if you went to school and you're waiting to sit at your own toilet, you don't want to take a shit at school. School shits are terrible. No way, man. Right. So People some kid's going to bust the door open. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how many times in high school and, and elementary or junior high, whatever, I, running home from school to get home to take my, my day shit and fucking no toilet paper or the or the, or like a stack of McDonald's napkins, you know, is what I'm wiping my ass with. And, oh, you know, I just that's rough, man. So people that, that that don't know this about me, this is where the, the baby wipe fetish came from and why that was so, so important to me. <laughs> Years, all I all I asked for was toilet paper. So every year I do still get this from all my family and close friends. They know this about me. So I've always got a year of supply of toilet paper for that. I never had to buy toilet paper, and I get excited because I think you know these people really know me, and I think it's funny and it's this great. So it's been something that's been going on as a tradition in in my family and in my small circle of friends like that know this. I'm going to buy me. you the most expensive, rare. Like collectible toilet paper yeah, of all time. Like gold I gotta find it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. It's gotta it. exist somewhere. Yeah, it's gotta be like it's made out of like yak. So fur this or being said, like so I, I so this being said, I think um I think this what's extremely important is if you're somebody who struggles with this, and this is what was hard for me was communicating this. So when I was younger, I was just uh, I would avoid it. Like oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to any of these fucking holiday things. I don't. Yeah. I just don't want to be around it. Like, well, if you're once you become a grown ass adult and you get married or you get in a relationship, eventually you're gonna have to do some of these family things. So it's uh, it's taken a lot of practice and exercise for me to do it. It's also very important to have a partner like I have now who knows this about me and that I've communicated that to her that I, your family is amazing. You, they they love the holidays. You guys all and it's and it, I love to be a part of it. But I just want you to know that inside, what you don't see is it's work and effort for me to do this. And and it, it still is. It'll and I don't know if it'll ever completely not be work. I've gotten better at being able to, you know, just relax and have a good time and enjoy the holidays. But for many many years, man, I would just leave. Katrina would have a hard time. This was early on in our relationship. We, her family, huge. Everybody comes over. They all spend the night like this. Still, this day, everybody, all the family comes over there, sleeping in sleeping bags on the floor the night before. Oh, and I know oh, someone's wow. listening right now, out. like, yes, this yeah. is my family. And lots of families do this type of shit, right? Not me, dude. Like, no. I mean, I'm the guy who did, didn't spend the night at someone else, at a woman's house till I was 30. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm fucking not spending the night at your mom's floor. You know what I'm saying? Are you kidding me? So that was really tough. And so there's definitely a compromise that she has. A lot of times I'll, I'll leave the event, but the whole family knows and they know now. But mm. boy, was it a struggle. <laughs> oh, dude. Early, early years, for sure. Very similar. Because like <laughs> Courtney's family <clears throat> very much gets into this. And, and, you know, after every present, they want to hug. Yes, that's her, her family. Oh, after my... every present, everybody has to Do I have up. to hug? Like, like, get up, every hug time. Like, it's just awkward. I'm not a, I'm not a big hugger. You know, to begin with, so that's like, you know, yeah, cool, thanks. I just want to give them like the bump or something, you know, and like yeah. move on. But, and then we, what we do now, and I'm trying to actually address this myself because, like, uh, you know, she loves the same thing with coming over and sleeping. So we'll have uh, a couple of the cousins stay over at our house, like afterwards. 
and then um you know her sisters and all that stuff and at first i was just like ah there's like too many people in my house you know i, I like i can't stand like all this like extra energy and stuff but i've had to just check myself on it and go with it you know you know what we sound like a bunch of scrooges just yeah. a bunch of no assholes. see now you yeah. say that but then like one of the things that i i found out about myself about well it's now eight or nine years ago maybe ten now uh was I adopted a family, and and every year I do this. So I have a, a place that I call they, at, at, right at Thanksgiving. They give me a family, and then I, I do Christmas for a family. That has become extremely rewarding and enjoyable for me to do, and I love that part of the holidays. There's something about finding this family is an extreme need like they just i mean like and they only have, the things they ask for is what trips me out oh yeah oh this is what you exactly christmas tree i, I would wrapping go, paper see yeah i could go to cvs and buy the toys and everything like that right just buy the, mm-hmm. and the kids are just screaming and crying. there i had this was back when i had my 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 pickup truck and i would load the whole thing up just with toys and with them it's about volume it's not like a, like little rich kids here you know fucking that are spoiled yeah. it's about what how big the gift is or the four hundred dollar gift or the thousand dollar gift for that with them it's like just things they get to open they're just so excited they get to open stuff so i would just get tons of like small gifts and you unload it and then fill up this this house just full of stuff and watch these kids man it was just it's been amazing to see that and it's also been good for me because it also reminds me like i didn't have it that bad like I, in my head, I had it that bad, and yeah, it was tough. Mm-hmm. What about that? Like, there's so many more people that had it way worse than I did. So that's helped me stop being such a little bitch about the holidays and having <laughs> a hard time. Is seeing other people yeah. that uh, they're in way more need than Puts I was. Ever so that's all the yeah. mental side. I think we've strayed a little bit from the question, but uh, as far as like the physical side, you know, just getting out and, and being active, hiking, doing stuff. Yeah, like, we just, just staying on out. your routine. Yeah, we just, just work out. We just yeah. talked about this though. We just talked yeah, I know about this, we did like, like two episodes ago. We talked about the holiday thing and. And I think too many people put too much pressure on, you know, staying fit through that. And I think that's yeah. Sal said it really well, that that's what causes that binging. It's like you're with family. If you're eating well and training year round, fucking Thanksgiving and Christmas are not going to make you day. are not going to make you obese. You know, you're going to get you're not going to get obese in one or and two. I've days. tried. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't no. do it. But it, having that balance. Right. I mean, my that's mom's it. fudge kind of packs it on. Whoa. I'll be honest. <laughs> fudge packer. Whoa. <laughs> you just put that together. That was, an that was you. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't me. All right, next question is from Trev <laughs> Lucy. Have recent CrossFit guests changed your minds about CrossFit and its impact? Totally. Just, Justin, no. Justin. Totally. No. No. Bro, you all. know what? Yes, they have, no, dude. not at all. Of course they have. When you meet people... Well, fine, I'll talk for myself then, you fucking hard-headed. <laughs> we, when we've met with people like uh, the guys from Barbell Shrugged or Beyond the Barbell or uh, Kalipa... Um, Kelly Starrett, uh, when you talk to these people about the business of CrossFit, how they coach in their gyms, what they know about exercise and training, especially the guys from Beyond the Barbell, I'm realizing that because CrossFit was a loose affiliation, it just everybody did it. And what you're seeing now is, and they, they've, they've all said this, that the explosion of CrossFit has slowed down quite a bit and is now plateaued because all the bad coaches, all the bad programming is falling off. Those gyms are not successful and all the good people are succeeding and you're starting to see this kind of morph into something that's a little bit better. And they even said themselves that there's the sport of CrossFit and then there's a way you work out uh, for fitness and it's totally different. So yeah. for me personally, it's changed a lot. As far as CrossFit, the sport is concerned, it's awesome. It's still awesome. I always thought it was awesome. It was the whole CrossFit boxes for fitness 
that I had an issue with just because the programming I thought was was terrible. But there's good coaches out there that are doing good things, and it looks like it's moving in that direction. Then we had the you know girls gone wad. Uh, the you know the, then the host uh, Julie Bauer from Paleo OMG. They're all CrossFitters, and they're talking about different types of programming, correctional exercise, not doing the Olympic lifts to fatigue. So it's changing my mind. It has changed my mind. No, definitely. I've, I've definitely softened up, you know, having all these guests on there and, and, and hearing their story and their their drive and motivation going into it, you know, to make an impact and change. And I, I get that. Don't be I'm a, still don't list- be a pussy. No, 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 don't no, no, pussy, no, no, no. Okay, don't let good. me finish. I, li- I like me, you being a hard ass. Let bro. me finish. <laughs> let me finish. It's still stupid. <laughs> no. it's really stupid it's not you know i don't consider it a sport like you guys do i i, I you know i i definitely uh appreciate you know the, the the taxing nature of it it's it's really hard you know like but for me it just it just looks like a big watered down show like this gauntlet of fucking like hurt myself so i mean that's never gonna go away yeah, you know, like you can't you can't convince me otherwise. Uh, I mean, every sport has its own appeal, and for me, like I I'm just not attracted to it. So you know, that's my own opinion, and and I you know I get that like people are into it and shit, but uh, you know, for me, like I I don't know I I still there's still part of me that's like a purist like like sport athlete like, and I know I'm you know I'm get a lot of shit for this because everybody considers it a sport and it's like legit and. I get that, but uh, you know, I, I appreciate people in it. I appreciate their motivations towards it. It's like, do you like do you like to watch golf? <laughs> no, I don't. There you go. I don't like to watch CrossFit. It's the same thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I you know I don't know if my my in my uh, my minds have changed or our minds have changed about CrossFit. I don't think it's really changed. Uh, I think we've met all the people you rattle off. I mean, I was around it early, 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 early. I mean, like we talked about that with Kalipa. I, m- I remember watching him in the parking lot before anyone knew who he was and uh, out there doing the first one in Milpitas uh, before the games even came out. Like, so we were fucking around with CrossFit well before anybody knew what it was. And as, as a trainer who had already been training for a good, good solid five years plus by that time, I right away saw that this is not like for the average Jane or Joe to get in shape. Like I'm training, I've already trained at this point probably hundreds of people, and I'm thinking when I someone teaches me a new modality or a new thing in training, right away I compute that with, okay, how does this translate to my clients? You know, how how can I use this? You know, with with the clients I have, and just it wasn't applicable at all. It was not something that transferred over to training the people I was training. You know, maybe I had one or two clients, and I did. You know, I had one or two clients that. I could train that way and loved it, and it was it was fine for them. They were athletic enough to handle those those movements and and doing things like that. But for the most part, it just it just didn't apply to the people that I was helping. So I right away viewed it as a sport. Right away, I saw it and thought, this is a fucking cool sport, man. It's like football. It's like basketball. It's just with weights. You know, it's just nothing we've seen before that where someone decided to make a sport out of lifting. And so I've it's learned not like those sports at all. <laughs> and and now that and now that we've you we've had a chance to interview all these guys what what it is is you have people like uh like everybody you just named and that we've interviewed on the show that are trying to make it better right for group but at the end of the day there will never be a group setting class that will be superior to one-on-one coaching because it's or equal to because as humans we are all so fucking individual and unique it's the reason why it's so difficult and why it was so hard for us 
to create a program or programs that we put out online because we knew damn well that when we create something that it's not ideal for every single person, which is exactly how when we released it, it was like, listen, here is a blueprint you know, and a, a foundation for some, like some, some general rules of these are, these are movements that you should be incorporating into your training. And this is how you should structure it and undulate it. So that part is true. But then as far as it being able to mold to the individual, that part is extremely important because we're also fucking different. Mm -hmm. So no, it hasn't changed my mind. I've always liked it. The reason why we brought people on because we like all those people think they're very intelligent, smart, and doing great things for the CrossFit community. Um, but it's still, I would never, if I had a client who said, sh called me up and said, Adam, um, I've never worked out before. I want to get in shape. You know, uh, I was thinking about doing CrossFit. What do you uh, think? I would say, no, hmm. I would say, no, I'd, let me, let me help you out. And I would tell them, I would assess them and see where they're at and then probably give them a recommendation based off of that. So that's, that's where I've always stood on it. And I've never been like bitter about it or been hard about it. I know we came out early on for the show we knew that if we took a stance against crossfit and said why we don't crossfit we knew that would cause attention but at the end of the day we we all i mean my all of my good buddies are competitors and do that stuff and i was around it since day one so i've always had an open mind to to the sport and i think if you like it and it works well for you and you don't get hurt and you enjoy it and you stay in good shape and you know how to back off the intensity to keep yourself safe year round and do that then who the fuck am i to tell you that's not good for you like who you know do it yeah, do whatever you want yeah, get crazy. Next up is Josh Dobo Dobson. Your most embarrassing sex story. Wow. Well, what wow. Are we, who threw well, this one up there? Dude, uh, this guy over here. What? First of all, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> you Adam, didn't want to do it. Adam was like, do it, man. Put it up there. We need to do it. It's been a long time. good. <laughs> it's, we strayed away from these type of questions for a long time. And, I, oh, we, you know, man. we've been having a lot of people on the forum pop up like, man, I miss the old mind pump when you guys used to go off the rails and talk about vaginas for an entire Shit. hour and stuff. So where are yeah, those days? Summon the old. So south through the south there. And I thought, man, let's talk about some embarrassing sex stories. Uh, well, do, you, do you have one off the top of your head? I do. Let oh me hear it. I do. And it's going to be more embarrassing for my girlfriend. Sorry, babe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so no. it's when we first kind of started hanging out. And when I, fir when I first met her, it was after, it was shortly after uh, I, we had I had finally like done with, uh, with my ex. So I'm out. I don't want to, I didn't want to meet anybody. It just happened. Totally fell for each other very strongly. So shortly after that, we're sitting down and we're having this really good, deep conversation. And she, she'll still argue this to this day because I bring this up to her. And she's like, that's not what happened. This is what happened. That's exactly what happened. I reach over and grab her hand to pull her closer to me to kiss me because I'm going to give her a kiss. And I think she misunderstood me grabbing her hand to pull her closer with me grabbing her hand to put it on my dick. So I... <laughs> So I grab her well, hand. That's the move. I grab her hand. I pull. I, mean, I'm I pull. Doing that. I pull her over, and she just grabs it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That, that is not embarrassing. That's like something went wrong. Well, that no, it's well. embarrassing because when I tell the story, she's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" I grab her hand. I pull, and she does it, and I look at her like, "Whoa!" And You're she's like, like, and she looks at me like, "What?" And I'm like, "I was just gonna give you a kiss." And she's like, "Well, you wanted me." And she's like, "But you put my hand." And I said, "No, I was just trying to." And then we had this whole like debate about it, and then we made out anyway. But. <laughs> That's, that's about that's the that's my embarrassing. Dude, is that as far as you can go? Yeah, yeah. I have something more embarrassing. Come on, I have man. Something more well, maybe I'll maybe I'll. All uh, right, so that's you know. like PG shit. All right, so right I gotta there. I gotta paint the story here. So we're I'm 23 years old. Uh, so we're I'm what three years into personal training. Uh, I know what you're gonna say. I've had I had my I had my house for a year. So I'm I'm on I'm like making good money. I'm a trainer. I'm fit. I'm 23. I'm just I'm full of piss and vinegar and just think I'm on top of the world, right? And 
I like to I like to date girls that were older than I was. So I was chasing after this 29 year old girl that was uh, French, uh, oh, Vietnamese, a, and Filipino. What a great story! And God, she was she was fucking bad. She was bad, right? Oh, and every story. all the guys in the gym loved her, and we're always we're always chasing after her. And uh, you know, I I was I was slowly talking to her over time, and I knew that she, this girl like everybody wanted her, so I can't I couldn't just like hit on her all the time, right? So I slowly like worked my game with her, and by worked my game, I just talked to this girl, like, and I didn't try and pick up on her right away. I just got to know her, and uh, you know, we'd start flirting over time, and then eventually, you could tell there was this like sexual tension. But she used to talk shit to me, like, you know, you're not ready for me. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a grown ass. I'm on another level. You're a little boy, yeah. right? And I'm thinking in my head, like, bullshit. Yeah, whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm so, ready for I got you. Skills. What are you gonna do? So, long story short. Um, I, I get her and she's coming back to my house. I get her to come back to my house and we're driving, we're driving to my house and it's, it's already like on in the car. Like it's like, I'm, oh, and, and, it, and in my best? head, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm so excited right now. Right. And we pull into my garage and we're messing around in the garage and like already clothes are getting pulled off. I'm going upstairs with her. We go into my, my, my master bedroom and we get in there and she like closes the door right away. Wham, slams it. And then I'm standing at the edge of my bed, and she walks over, and she goes, Poof, and she pushes me right in the chest. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is about to go down. And then she just grabs my pants, starts unzipping them. And I'm sitting laying back going like, fuck, yeah, here we go. Right? <laughs> I'm so excited right now. And so she unzips, rips my pants all the way off and down. And then she goes, like, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get head right now, but I'm not. She, gra- she, she grabs my she grabs my ankles. Oh, it's she, a little more south. Huh? She tilts me up even further, <laughs> and she, she goes. She scoops you. She goes straight for my asshole. Woo! And I'm 23 right now, and my my salad has not been tossed ever. And I did not know that this was like a, a first date thing that you do. Wow. So not, I, not typically. So what was so embarrassing was she was so hot. She was so bad. I wanted her. I wanted her so bad. I was of course ready for the moment. But the moment she did that, it tickled so bad. I was so uncomfortable. I completely lost my lost my heart on. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't get it up after that. Did like you it was go like, oh no, it was just weird. It's not my thing for sure. Like it definitely was not my thing. I know Sal likes that type of stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> he's always gonna throw that out there. Not but, true. But uh, uh, dude, she 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 been in heaven, huh? She she you, did. You weren't ready for her. I wasn't. She was right. And I and maybe that was what she was trying to prove to me that I was just not ready. I know for the, all those that were wondering, like I came Put back later on, position. made up for everything, and it was all good. Don't, but yeah. uh, it was definitely one of the most embarrassing moments for me. Uh, I was not ready for that, and uh, 23 years old, <laughs> getting a salad tossed. Oh, that, I mean, I can't really top that. You know, that's that's amazing. <laughs> can't top that salad. No, I can't. I can't get in that. I mine was more of a mix of of like kind of like a, a horrific like shit situation, oh. and and you know, set, like I was just just dating Courtney. It was like the very beginning. It was like maybe like we, we'd done it a couple, a handful of times, you know, and, and I had just got this apartment with this guy. Uh, I had to get out of my house cause it was like, I can't take her to my parents' house. This is fucking like, I'm a loser. You know, I need to get a new place. And so I, I shacked up with this guy who uh, has a house and, um, he also, uh, had his kid every now and then, like every other weekend. And, uh, so this kid would like come in and, Every now and then he'd, he'd like say hi or whatever. And like I was friends with him and stuff. And um, so I brought Courtney back one time. And so we're, we're up there, you know, in the room and 
about to get down to business and stuff. And, um, you know, we were kind of getting hot heavy. And then uh, my stomach started just. <laughs> and she was like, what was that? I was like, wow, nothing. But I, just, <laughs> I just like kept trying to like drive and, and you know, <laughs> keep, keep going. Like, you know, press on. Like I have to, I have to perform. <laughs> And it just kept going. It's getting louder. And she's like, I don't know. It's this is like this is like maybe the sixth time, right? So I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. Like it's like I think you know, something might get down. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh my god, like something's squeezing out. <laughs> and I had to like pinch super hard. Thankfully the bathroom was like right next door. Wait, wait, you had to you you had to like leave. You had to mid, stop halfway mid, through. Mid I had to leave mid mid bank. <laughs> I stopped. Okay. And she was like, she was like, wait, like what? I was like, I just have to, um, you know, I'll be right back. I have to go take a shit. Went right next door. Like, so I should have probably gone downstairs. <laughs> like that would have been a smart thing to do. But no, I went right. There, there was a sharing wall. Oh my God. And so I'm sitting on this toilet. And I'm like, <laughs> like the worst, like most explosive <laughs> shit I've ever had in my life. Right. And like, I was like, Oh my God. I was like so embarrassed. And I was like, Oh God, I think I just can't hear me. You know? And I'm like laughing to myself. Like, <laughs> like it was like so loud and vicious, you know? And I, like I get back in and like Courtney's like sitting on the bed, looking at me with this big smile. And I was like, Oh shit! She heard everything. Oh my god! And she was dude. looking at me. She's like, "Are you okay? Like, you're right." And I was like, and in, yeah. your, "In your head, you're like, can we finish now?" Yeah, I was like, "I, I, have, I haven't got off yet. Yeah, oh, let's god. keep going." Oh yeah. my god! She's like, no. Oh my god! And then you married but, her. Yeah, and then you, you married, married her. her. Like this, but she is down. She knew what she was in. She is down. She knew what she was in for. I got that inside. So straight wife, you're up. Right oh there. yeah. And that kid walked in on us one time too. So that was the other story. <laughs> that was awkward. One of yours. No, this was the kid that was like, oh. he was ne he wasn't supposed to be there, but like every other weekend, and and then this became a frequent thing, and he was coming in because I had, I had showed him I had a Game Boy, and I was like, you know, I, I ended up giving it to him, and he was like, hey, thanks for the Game Boy, ah, oh! like he's watching us bang. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, so those are my. Have two. you had your kids walk in yet? Not yet. Thankfully. Oh, I mean, we, I mean, we we got sneaky, dude. We were in the kitchen. You get smart while they're watching TV. Dude. I, I, Whoa! You yeah. have to, man. You, you have know, to you, when you have you, kids. You, you got to do what you got to do. I don't do. have any, man. You, well, it's mm. kind of exciting. Yeah. It is. I, I got, <laughs> thrilling. My kid walked in. I forgot to lock the door, and thank God it was the beginning of, uh, of sex, so we were still under the covers, and my daughter walks in, and we just stop. You know, we're just like, <laughs> like, 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 like bear hug. Yeah, yeah. I'm we're wrestling. Just, nah, we're just stopping. Like we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just hugging. We're just yeah. hugging under the covers. And my daughter's asking me all these questions. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little does she know. Oh yeah. I'm inside. What's underneath? <laughs> I'm inside. Anyway, anyway, staying warm. So new, uh, new thing we're gonna try out. I'm gonna drop, or one of us will drop a knowledge bomb at the end of one of our episodes uh, every week. So I, I think I'll drop the first one. Uh, these are short. These are gonna be short, like four minute, five minute little tips uh, for fitness or for anything else. Uh, we decide we think you need a Just tip on the tip. So the first one is gonna be on uh, trigger sessions. Now this is something that is in uh, one of our programs, Maps Anabolic. But here's how you use a trigger session, real quick. On your days off, do some very light pumping type exercises. So if you hit chest on Monday and your chest is really sore, on Tuesday, do some light band, uh, you know, flies, some light push-ups. Just get a good squeeze, a good get a good burn, get a little bit of a pump in the muscle. What it does is it maintains that muscle building signal. It keeps it elevated. It also facilitates recovery. You'll actually find that you recover faster because you did this. Trigger sessions, 
if you do them consistently, are a game changer. It's a great way to increase frequency of stimulation without... What would you really recommend the intensity? Because I know that the Very most com- the most common thing that I see when when people try to uh, apply this to their, their routine is they over they overdo it and then they create more damage. It's not a workout. You're just trying to get a pump. You're just getting a little bit of a pump in the muscle and squeeze. Think of main like again maintaining the anabolic signal without creating muscle damage. So do this again on the days off. Do it frequently. So you could do it like two or three times that day, and pick weak body parts. Do it for several body parts. Be consistent with it. You'll notice within a week, literally within one week, you'll notice uh, changes in your body. That's how effective uh, they are. And again, it's found uh, primarily in our MAPS anabolic program. If you want more information, by the way, you can go to mindpumpmedia.com. Also, YouTube. Our YouTube is on fire right now. We post 365 plus videos a year. That's more than anybody in the universe. At least I think so. Uh, it's Mind Pump TV if on not, YouTube. we're going to say that. But, uh, on YouTube. Uh, we'll claim that all day. Subscribe today. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.